On today's podcast, we have two more guilty pleas announced for Louisiana staged accident schemes. We also have a trucker shutdown for following multiple violations and DOT watchdog critiques FMCSA's CDL disqualification oversight and the five dumbest ways to sit in a vehicle. Today's podcast is brought to you today by National Carriers. National Carriers is located in the Dallas, Texas area. They are a reefer carrier, 100% no touch. They have lease and company drivers. National Carriers also will take on a few students. This company is also owned by their own freight, so they virtually have no broker loads. It's a great company to work for. Check them out at 888-311-7076. Tell them Talk CDL sent you over there. We are also being brought today by... Cocoon MDR. Cocoon MDR is an app that gets downloaded into your phone, and then you do nothing else but collect money. I'm not kidding. Toxedia would not be endorsing something we didn't believe in. This is a great app for truckers because they put the miles on. It's basically an app that tracks you like Google and every app that you have on your phone. The only difference is they all give you a free email. These people actually deposit money into your account. You give them, I think, your PayPal account, and you literally... Look in your account every day, and or I don't know if it's dropped in there once a week or once a month. I didn't ask him that, but it's you're guaranteed to have it in there, or delete the damn app out. In fact, uh, you know we've been doing this with these people now for about a month now. I'd like to hear from some people and let us know what kind of actual cash is being dropped into your account, if you don't mind letting us know. And also, we are being brought to you today by J.J. Keller. It's Ruth Ann's favorite. It is. I like them. J.J. Keller, the trucker's best friend, like having a secretary in your back pocket. If you're unorganized and you don't want to deal with all the paperwork that a trucker has to file every year, if you're a, a person wanting to become a trucking company, trust me, many truckers get in trouble every year, Ruthann, because they don't have their paperwork done. Mm-hmm. And when if you get an audit, you're going to wish you were paying somebody. And I kid you not, it's like a couple bucks. It's nothing. And it would be a write-off. So it's still something beneficial either way around. Yeah. So believe me, check it out. And if you think it's worth it, I promise you, you'll be very happy. All you got to do is drive with peace of mind and make money. J.J. Keller's number is 888-601-2017. I'm going to give you everybody's number again. National Carriers is 888-311-7076. J.J. Keller is 888-601-2017. And Cocoon MDR app is on Android right now. And who knows, it could could be on uh, iPhone by now. I'm not sure. They haven't told us that it is or isn't. But check it out, download it, it's free, and let us know what kind of money you're getting in that account every month. Ruthann, your topics, what do you got? Well, uh, over the last couple of years, they have been noticing a high amount of accidents that look suspicious. You mean like staged? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, for the insurance and, and, and so forth. But they don't realize... They're not getting anywhere. You know what's funny? Hmm. Before you go into your article, hmm. when I was a driver a few years ago, the same stuff was happening. Mm-hmm. I remember I remember specifically this happening in New Jersey a lot back when I was a driver. People, they load up their car, cut in front of a trucker, and hope for the best, and then sue the crap out of the company. Why? Because they have deep pockets. It, 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 well, yeah, they and, and a lot of times... They weren't having enough evidence. It was a lot of he said, she said. And, of course, generally the person behind the wheel was the one that would get blamed. Now you have cameras, all all the intersections. You have tractors that have 
um, cameras inside of them. You have people with their cell phone constantly showing. So it's, it's, it's highly not impossible, but it's just, it's, it's your risk factors of trying, of getting caught is extremely high now of trying to manipulate or create fraud. They're catching the bad guys easier. Yeah. It's, it's easier to be caught. So back in June, the East Eastern district of Louisiana, but that came out really funky, didn't it? Louisiana instead of Louisiana announced two more guilty pleas and two sentencings in the widespread staged accident fraud scheme in the New Orleans area that targeted motor carriers and insurance companies. James Curtis Williams and Ryan Wheaton entered a guilty plea to conspiracy to commit mail fraud, according to the plea, on March 27th of 2017. Now, this took what all these years, like four years. Williams conspired with co-defendants Tanya Givens, John Diggs, and Lewis Russell to stage an accident with a tractor trailer at the intersection of Chief, oh, now I'm getting into really hard names, Minter Highway and Downman Road. In total, the victim trucking and insurance companies paid out approximately $272,000 for fraudulent claims. Can I say something? Not worth the money. I mean, can I say something? Go ahead. <laughs> I can only imagine the powwow meeting when the bad guys are sitting around in the room and they're all going, okay, um, all right, I'll signal who wants to be in the car <laughs> when the trucker hits you. Yeah, really, right? Who's <laughs> the dummy that says, I'll do it? <laughs> I mean, you know, some, sometimes they don't come out alive. You, you just don't know. I mean, a truck goes over and crushes you. I mean... Duh. I mean, how stupid can people... You got a 50-50 chance, dude. Let's get Mikey. He'll do it. I mean, come on, guys. If you're out there right now and you're in a room powwowing and then they're looking for a volunteer to be in the car to get hit by the trucker, um, honestly and truly, uh, not the brightest, not the brightest guys. St- I could just see them going, all right, let's draw straws. Just what do, what do you got? I'm just, I'm still laughing, thinking of, you know... I mean, duh. I mean, who's the who's the simple mind that actually agrees to be in the car? Honey, I want you to just do this for me. I mean, this is stupid. Go ahead. Let's hear it. Well, they, he also pleaded guilty for stage accident um, for trucking and insurance companies that paid out approximately $10,000. So, I mean, still, the, the amount of money is not, even in 2007, it's not an overabundance. It's not like, I, I just don't see it. So... They fax that these two gentlemen fax a max face a maximum sentence of five years upon release from prison. Williams and Wheaton will also face a term of supervised release up to three years and or a fine of two hundred and fifty thousand. Now, granted, they made two hundred and eighty two thousand five hundred dollars in their fraudulent claims and their fine will be two hundred and fifty thousand or greater of twice the gross gain to each defendant or twice the gross loss to any person. Plus they have to pay that back, don't they? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's why they said twice the amount. Additionally, Anthony Robinson and Audrey Harris were sentenced to four years in prison for participating in a scheme to defraud a trucking company and their insurer by staging automobile accidents with a tractor trailer in October. The husband and wife duo worked with co-conspirators to stage an accident with a tractor trailer that resulted in the victim trucking and insurance company paid out a total of approximately, here's the big one, $4.7 million for fraudulent claims. You know, the worst part of it, 
besides someone getting hurt or killed. You know, you, 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 especially if the trucker was found at fault because you staged it to make, because mm-hmm. obviously. He just ruined his life. Yeah, you, you guys are scumbags. I mean, honestly, true, you're skank bags because not only you're, all you can see is a dollar. You're trying to make money, but obviously the goal is to make it look like it was the trucker's fault. So now the trucker, he gets into an accident, an, an at-fault bad accident, DOT recordable most likely. Nobody wants to hire that guy now. Nobody wants to be the first guy to hire you when you have a, an at-fault DOT recordable accident. And I hope that these truck drivers are vindicated. And you know what, Ruthann? I hope they bring civil suit. I hope they bring a civil suit, these truckers, and they get a big-ass payout from these assholes that have ruined their lives. Yeah, some of them might have a really perfect career in driving, and these these people came up and did it to them where they, they staged this accident, and it ruined them. Preventable accident, tow. I mean, there's so many different titles that can come with it, but this person here, these two people, Robinson and Harris, they were sentenced to the four years in prison and also sentenced to three years of supervised release. And they also must pay a hundred dollars mandatory special assessment assessment fee regarding restitution, the couple and their co-conspirators. So I don't know how many they had in their co-conspirators will be held jointly and severely liable for restitution to the total amount of five million seventy three thousand $358.25. The restitution amount includes total settlement paid by the victim trucking company and their excess insurer, as well as attorney's fees incurred by the trucking company in the course of the defending against a fraudulent civil lawsuit stemming from the staged accident. Wow. I mean, honestly, throw the bu- just throw the book at them. Every one of them, the people yep. in the car, the pe- people that masterminded it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You got something else for us. Let's move on. Okay, so DOT watchdog critiques FMCSA's CDL disqualification oversight. So we it sounds like a really crazy title. It you, does. You were reading it to me earlier, and I was mm-hmm. like, "That's really actually interesting." This article is. Yeah, basically. Let's hear it. The um, the C, this, this this watchdog that the DOT has, FMCSA was always putting in as far as like drivers being disqualified for certain things and being fined for certain things. When the states that the drivers were were licensed in did not actually report their incidences or any of their issues with their license in a timely manner. Were you going to read it? Yeah, I am. Go ahead, let's hear it. So the Department of Transportation Office of Inspector General in an audit of FMCSA's oversight of states' actions to disqualify commercial drivers when warranted found that the agency had gaps and other challenges in this area. According to OIG's report, states did not transmit electronic conviction notifications in a timely fashion. 17% of the time, including 18% of major offenses and 17% of the serious traffic violations, OIG also estimates that 11% of major violations were not posted to driver records in a timely fashion and 2% of them Serious traffic offenses weren't posted at all. Okay. Hold that note for one second. So basically what that just said, and it said 17% were major moving violations, mm-hmm. major or major violations. It said, yeah. So, so a guy had even say a DUI or a, a 20 mile an hour over or a reckless driving. Mm-hmm. They weren't getting posted. So then what, that's good for the truck driver, 
bad for the trucking company. Mm-hmm. If you go to hire a guy and you run, that's why this is exactly why trucking companies run. You know, most of them now run it twice a year, every yeah. six months. They pull your MVR just to make sure that since they hired you, that you didn't get more tickets. Right. Well, imagine 17% of the drivers in what's, did it say what state that was? or No. It just said across the board then, I guess. Right. So 17% of these states are lagging behind in, in posting. If you got a 20 over, a lot of times it's either didn't go on your license or it goes on. It takes a year or longer or whatever the case is. It's a late. So if we're being honest, that's not fair to the trucking company because now they hire you. And here they got a guy that's got reckless driving that they're not supposed to even have working for them. Right. And then the driver, honestly, he's now going to get fired. And and, and that's true, guys. And some of these guys, they have to lie because they ain't going to get a job if they don't. But what's, um, what's funny about that is most tr- you would think, and you're going to read something a little later, you would think that they all, you know, check to make sure that you have a driver's license and that you... <laughs> Don't have major tickets, but a lot of times maybe they don't catch it when you first get hired, and then six months later they're going, "Hey, listen, we need uh, we need your truck in here for a PM. We're routing you in." Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Or hey, what? Do do us a favor. You know, we got someone to come pick up that truck at your house right now. We need it for a, a, a reason. Just give us a call next week. They just want you out of that truck. Mm-hmm. And when they see, wow, this guy's a reckless or a DUI. We didn't catch that. It only just came back. I know criminal. Criminal backgrounds in like Kentucky take forever to get. Yeah, back. some of them will come back a month later, or six weeks later. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, go ahead. While states did not take action to disqualify CDLs when appropriate, with exceptions, FMCSA's evaluation of paper conviction notifications is limited by states' processing for recording and tracking convictions sent by mail. Furthermore, FMCSA's annual program review process lacks adequate quality control measures for verifying that state CDL programs meet federal requirements. The OIG also called states out for their own non-compliance with federal CDL disqualification requirements, among other state actions that pose challenges for the FMCSA's oversight. OIG noted that some of the states offered appeals to out-of-state drivers overturned disqualifications and backdated CDL disqualification periods, resulting in some Drivers serving shorter disqualification time periods in the federal law. So OIG made several recommendations to strengthen the agency's oversight, which FMCSA agreed to undertake. So so who's not knowing what they're doing? OIG? No, FMCSA. F- FMCSA. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like they got a bunch of monkeys running the FMCSA. You said it, I didn't. I mean, what else can you call it? I mean, it, it sounds like, you know, somebody doesn't know what they're... It's communications horrible in this country. Mm-hmm. And here's people that are supposed to be monitoring and making the rules up, w- lagging on their own. And, and well, the lack of getting things posted on people's MVRs and everything... That's the state. That's a state. Mm-hmm. That's a state's problem there. Mm-hmm. But the FMCSA should be monitoring that better to begin with. Right, and they should notice sh- that we're not getting, you know, like things aren't being updated and so forth. So... It, what's funny is we're in the digital era mm-hmm. right now. I mean, you can... Look, I'm not making suggestions, but at the same time, I mean, if I was, if I was a state, I, instead of giving paper tickets... It's like you can just put it right into the computer. It automatically goes in. He signs it right there at the cop, you know, at, at the office. iPads. 
iPad it, and it, it goes right on to record. It should be able to just, you should be able to trust your officers to hit a button and it automatically uploads. And you don't have to worry about it getting put in the system. I mean, how, it's so funny. We got such technology now, but mm-hmm. yet we don't use it. It's just too funny. No, I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, even a, even a driver's license, a driver's license with some of the states, it still takes a little bit of time if you don't do an express. Now, maybe they're saying, maybe they have to keep doing it because of people pleading not guilty. So it really probably shouldn't go on their MVR if they haven't been convicted of it. You know what I'm saying? Versus, okay, it's been convicted. So even at the level of conviction, whether... what they should do is they can push a button. Check this out. You get your ticket, you sign for it at the site. And whether you sign for it or not, the cop hits the button saying you just gave this driver's license a ticket. Mm -hmm. And you have this many days to either pay the fine or plead not guilty. If you don't plead, if you don't do anything and then you go past the date, it automatically uploads guilty and into into the, into the, uh, the, your, your DMV. And, and it is what it is. You, you, you either have the responsibility of saying not guilty and then showing up. And I, I've been telling truck drivers for years, plead not guilty to especially big speeding tickets, show up and throw yourself on the mercy of the court and, and do not, do not ever just because it's an inconvenience, plead guilty to it. So my advice is plead not guilty and go to court over it, but don't sit and do nothing because then that's when you lose and it goes on your record. In most states, if you do plead not guilty, they will allow you to write in yeah. an explanation. But in today's technology age, they might even have online where it's like a Zoom meeting where you could sit in front of the judge via camera from you know your phone or your yeah, computer. I would I so, would think you can appear in, I mean, and I, honestly, this day and age, there's no excuse why we can't, especially with COVID and so forth, where they're shut down so many different DMVs and all that. You should be able to do all that stuff. I agree 100% with that. That's a great idea. If you can't, that would that would help truck drivers that get a speeding ticket in California or in Pennsylvania and and, and they live in Texas. Mm-hmm. Okay, man, I got to take off a week to go to court and blah blah blah. How about you court systems? They actually they strive on that. They don't want you to show up so you can be not so you can be guilty and pay the damn ticket. But I think that they should make it mandatory, just like you just said, to have a video courtroom appearance where you go online from wherever you're at. Your Honor, um, I have a Class A CDL. Yes, I was speeding. I didn't think I was doing that. Whatever, whatever your excuse is, I'm, I'm asking you to please reduce this. Let me pay a fine. Help me out. Blah blah blah. I don't have any other tickets. I can tell you right now, it's worth. A shot, at least, but we're talking about tickets that don't even get put down, mm-hmm. and we're just making suggestions on how to. Well, get here's the here's what it. OIG made as far as the recommendations for it. improving required because it said that what's happening is this weakness that the FMCSA has is keeping the ability to keep unsafe CDL drivers off the road and enhance public safety. So that's what DOT's argument with FMCSA is about this. So improving requirements for states to record, track, and maintain paper-based convictions. So, like you said... Well, you have an article that goes with this. I right? do. Want, and, and this is basically, let's tell them, it's a driver that was driving with no license, right? Right. I mean, and I got a million questions for you, but let's let's hear this article. A truck driver got caught with... And he was working for a company, right? Yeah, but can I finish this part here? Sure. Okay. Only because I want drivers to be aware. Finalizing and implementing standardized operating procedures for conducting annual program reviews, modifying the annual program review checklist, finalizing and implementing standard operating procedures for determining one state is not making good faith effort. 
completing FMC, FMCSA's review of the state compliance, implementing improvements for managing states, and developing and implementing a plan for coordinating with the American Association of Motor Vehicles. Okay. You got that article now? I do. He told me I was boring. Well, I'm just saying, when you, re- <laughs> when you just monotonely read... Well, I could have made it all, but I was trying to hurry up. I know. You just wanted to get it in. You always have to get your words out. But if it's boring, just cut it and move to the next segment. Okay. So truckers shut down following multiple violations. So this goes with your article. This is exciting to me. This goes with the article, yes. This goes with it. And this is, a, this is more exciting news to me that this even happened. Especially during this whole time frame here. Good. Let's hear it. <laughs> so the FMCSA has effectively shut down truck driver Kelly Lou Canoe for various CDL violations. Wait, stop. Kelly Lou who? Canoe or Canoe. Is she related to who? Uh, Kelly Lou who? From it, Whoville. Remember it, on the Grinch? It is. Cindy Lou who? That's right. It's Cindy Lou who. Yes. But this one's Kelly Lou. K-A-L-I-L-U. Kelly Lou. Kelly Lou. K-O-N-E-H. Canoe. Canoe. Kelly Lou Canoe. It could be Canoe. I don't know. I'm not making fun of their name. I'm just I'm saying not. it's kind of interesting. It sounds like Cindy Lou Who. Yeah. Remember, she was the one that came out and seen the Santa Claus. Well, I, it was I, really the Grinch. I, I think that. Remember when he stole the last can of Who hash? Yes. <laughs> he Go even ahead. took the gravy. <laughs> the Go cranberry sauce. Let's, let's all right. So let's hear it. So, so Callie Lou Canoe mm-hmm. is the one without no driver's license. Right. So his records from the de- department, um, Texas Department of Public Safety, show you that he did not have any driver's license in the past three years. I wish you had the name of the trucking company he was working for, or do you? Uh, I mean, please, you do. No. Which was the worst part, him pulling it off, or the trucking company, how did they even hire him? I'm thinking that he, I I don't know, I don't know, he had to be some kind of independent. That's the only thing I can think of, because not only did he not have a license in the past three years, but he and currently. But who insured him then? You know what I mean? Like, how do you get your registration? You, you have I, to. Have I, a, I don't know. Okay, go ahead. Let's hear He falsified everything. He is not eligible to attain any type of driver's license. Like, he can't have any license, Is he banned for life now or what? Yeah. Let's hear the article. So, nonetheless, M- FMS- FMCSA says, Kona repeatedly operated a commercial motor vehicle in interstate commerce in at least January, February, and June of 2021. Additionally, he falsely indicated on his commercial driver application that he possessed a valid driver's license. On June 16th, 2021, he was notified of his positive test for marijuana metabolites. Since marijuana (laughs) is a Schedule 1 drug... He is not qualified to operate commercial trucks. However, he continued to drive in interstate commerce while disqualified. But he never had a license, so he was really never qualified at all. That's uh, what state did he have his CDL in? It, it was all, all this is in Texas, his Texas driver's. So additionally, in January, Texas. February, and March, he falsified records of duty status according to the FMCSA, and on March twelfth. Through the 13th, he operated a commercial motor vehicle in interstate commerce beyond the 11-hour driving limit and more than 14 hours after coming on duty. 
Failure to comply with the provisions of the federal in imminent hazard order may result in civil penalties of up to $2,000. Each day operating in violation of the agency order will constitute a separate violation and may result in separate penalties. Knowing or and or willful violations may result in criminal penalties. Never a dull moment in trucking. No. That is too funny. Mm-hmm. Kylie Lou. Kylie Lou, honestly, that's just something else. No CDL and then no regular drivers. You know what? He could pro- remember that movie with um, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Which one? Oh, oh catch, catch me, me if you can. Catch me if you can. Yeah. Where, where he was like, he, he was he would cut off like little things and, that's and a make true his story. own. Che- that's a true story. And then in the end, the, F- the FBI has him working for them, giving advice. Almost this guy could work probably for the FMCSA and teach them how he, you know. He got away with how it. How he got away with not even having anything. Right. And and, and, and then got jobs. I, I wish it would have said who he drove for. That's kind of an interesting article. Mm-hmm. Well, hats off to you, Kylie Lou. And Texas, I really like you. But And maybe they're so damn big that they, they, they uh, let this slip through their fingers. I don't know. Somehow it slipped through something. That's crazy. All right. Well, you got something else for us? You want to move on? So what are the five dumbest ways you think it is to sit in a vehicle? The five dumbest ways? Yep. If I had to guess, the, the only thing that, well, wait a second. I think about some of the... Uh, New generation drivers that put their feet up on the dash, I would say that's one. Um, the second one would probably be the guy that sits way back, way back, and has a seat reclined where he's almost in the back seat, you know, laying down just about. Oh, I hate that. Where all you see is. Like Am I a- right though on any of these? Oh, I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know the other ones. I mean, I really don't. But let's hear what you got. I'm interested to hear the five dumbest. These are driving positions in your seat, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so it says you're put. Um, don't drive with your dog on your lap. Yeah, if you drive with your dog on your lap, you, you seriously you're a potato head. It I says mean, you're putting his life at risk every time you do this. In the front passenger position, there is an airbag that will come out at a dash at more than 300. Uh, Kilometers an hour. So that will take the dog's head off. But here's the other thing that I'm thinking about. When I was younger, I'll never forget, I, I had lost a, I think it was a Pepsi bottle, because I at one time I drank Pepsi, or a Gatorade bottle. It was, it was a bottle, right, in my car, and it flew down between my legs, mm-hmm. but it rolled underneath my brake pedal. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to press the brakes, I there was nothing there. Luckily, okay, I was able to lift my foot and kick it from my brake, instead of like panicking and pushing down, mm-hmm. I may may have been able to smash the bottle. But all I'm thinking about if Fifi or the poodle on your lap would fly underneath your pedal and you hit the brakes, you're going to break well, his neck. Yeah. Well, it also says that um, driving with your dog on your lap is even dumber because you don't have con- full control of your vehicle. If you have to make an invasive maneuver, you can't because your dog's in the way. And if the airbag goes off, your dog is dead. Literally, it said it right there. I read word for word. I think the guy that drives with his, his, and I've seen truckers doing it too, but the guy that drives with the dog in his lap, he's looking for attention. Tell me that's the only, there is no other reason your damn dog is in your lap. It's like the goofball that brings a baby carriage into Walmart and they have their little Fifi dogs. I actually can't stand that. No, and neither can I. I mean, you got like two or three little dogs. I almost want to say, are you on medicine? Are you have a mental issue? 
you know, well, you, they use that for excuses. Yeah, I, I get it. And I, I understand how close dogs are. We love our dogs. There's no doubt about it. But they're animals. How many times did I tell the kids when they were younger? I used to tease them and tell them, listen, when a hurricane comes and we're trapped, if, if we're trapped here for like a month and run out of food, the dog is going in on the grill. You know, I, I, they we come they to give funny looks then we we come first the dogs are last and if we have to eat them to survive we will I, and that's a joke okay but yeah. but seriously when you take a dog into the store there's people that have major allergies and there's some kids that have extreme allergies asthmatic allergies to pets and so forth so all you're doing when you do that bringing your dog in is you're creating someone else to have an allergic reaction. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to put my food in a cart where some dog's butt was. I'm just being honest. I can't stand an animal in a restaurant. I, I get it if it's a seeing eye dog. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not into the PSTD people either. I'm just not. I'm sorry. If you need a dog to keep yourself calm, then you probably shouldn't be around people at all. No, if you can't. I'm if sorry. You can't go and eat for an hour. I probably just insulted some people, and I'm. I'm sorry. But I don't buy it. And in fact, we already know one thing with the PSTD dogs you that you get that all these people. Everywhere. Exactly. Everybody has a damn, uh, what are they called? The dog? Now it's it's called something that you have a little patch Support on. Support dogs. Or whatever. And, and, and you can order the damn patch on the internet. And we already know because we talked to an expert on it. And they said, look, the, the way you know it's a real dog for, the P, for somebody with the post-traumatic thing they said the dog will not look at you just like a, a blind, just like a seeing eye dog. It will not, in any way, leave its master. It's not going to be begging for you to pet it. When you see somebody walk into a store with their dog Ralphie and he's going <laughs> and he's and he's trying to get your attention, that's not a real PTDS dog or PSTD dog or whatever. It's not it a real support dog because it, a real support dog is right, right up against their master's leg. They're giving that master their support. And even though I don't believe in the dog thing for them. I'm not going against it. I'm I'm literally saying I don't believe I, I don't like the dog being in, in in a store. But if you got a if you got a real doctor's excuse, then you know, have at it, you know, but it is what it is. I'm I'm not a big fan of that. But anyways, keep your dogs off your damn laps in the truck. I agree. And it says that the safest place for your dog is in the rear seat wearing a harness buckle or in, into the seatbelt. It says most or in a uh, a carrier like a cargo carrier like a or at home. Well, this is you know also for in trucks or something like that. But it says you know if you have to trans if I have to transport our dogs, our dogs are in the back seat. Yeah. So. And, and normally what we do is I'll open up the door of the back hatch and I'll put the leash, the 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 end of the leash. They still can walk around inside the back of the car, but I'll put the end of the leash out and I'll lock it down so that they couldn't jump up into the front and cause any kind of an issue. Right, because it can cause an accident if they jumped up. Right. So it says, and don't give us excuses and my dog doesn't like it or he cries when he's back there. You wouldn't let a toddler ride on your lap because he got cranky. Otherwise, your dog can learn to live with it too. That's from the article. Yep, what's that's number, the article. What's number two? With your seatbelt under your arm. Um, that's our daughter, Hunter. Doesn't she doesn't wear do the seatbelt oh, at she all. She doesn't even wear it. I keep yelling at her. It's like you're 23 and you get into an accident. Believe me, you will wish you had that seatbelt on. Yeah, it says drivers or or passengers often do this because seatbelts cut across their necks, but it's dumb. Here's why: when it's over your shoulder, it crosses your collarbone, which is a which is a large and strong. Your ribs are not. The belt is over now over them, and if you crash, you break your ribs. Well, I I personally believe in seatbelts, and I. I'm so used to it, I don't even feel it on. 
Yeah, I mean, now, and you can adjust 90% of the time. You can adjust your seatbelt, or you can get a clip that actually comes to where you can adjust it on going across your belly, where it will adjust it for your shoulder so it won't cut into your neck. Just an excuse when you see it. Anyways, what's number three? With your feet on the dash. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. Honestly, truly, that is pretty stupid looking. Yeah, it's basically if you did get in an accident, you're breaking every bone from your foot to your lower back, but it says it actually can kill you because of the pressure. It can just snap your spine. Yeah. What's number four? With your child improperly seated. Okay. Um, let's hear that. What are they saying? It says, thanks to laws and social awareness, virtually all parents strap their youngsters into car seats, but most, but many aren't doing it right. And some reports say that the ra- ratio of people doing it wrong must be as high as 75%. Gosh, I didn't know that. While all new vehicles are equipped with seat mounting points, many are surprisingly difficult to use. You're not sure if you're in- installed yours correctly. See if there's a child seat clinic near you. They may be able to coordinate through the police or the fire service to help you um, put it in properly. As they grow, children progress from rear-facing car seats as infants and toddlers to forward-facing seats with five-point harness to a booster seat that fits them high enough to safely wear the vehicle seatbelt. Many parents switch by the child's age, but you should go by each seat's weight and height requirements as well. It's often safest to stay with a forward-facing seat as long as possible, before moving to a booster seat. Parents can make mistakes when using these seats too. Don't leave the harness too loose. Put the harness clip at armpit level. Don't buckle in a child wearing a backpack or puffy coat, which leaves too much room. And avoid used seats. They actually have expiration dates and replace any seat that's involved in a collision. You can go on YouTube, I'll guarantee, and and find like a trooper that's safety minded mm-hmm. doing a video to show the proper way to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to make a comment on this. Um, I met a trucker once and I've actually heard other ones tell me about it, but I met a trucker once where he travels and this guy had an infant and, and his wife and they would travel the country. And to be honest with you, it almost made me want to throw up to put an infant in that tractor trailer mm-hmm. because think about this. That's 10 hours a day. That baby needs to be strapped in. Until it's what, four, four years old? So if you're going to stay on the road, that child is going to spend its, if you're doing it legal, that child's going to spend 10 hours a day, if you're running 10 hours a day, okay, of its life in a freaking car seat? Are you serious? And that's actually a hazard to their body. Well, well, it, it probably is, but. I'm just saying, if you wanted to torment and create a serial killer kid, mm-hmm. okay, you're strapping him down for the first four or five. Well, how old are kids supposed to be? Because I, mean, I know that's another controversy, age, age versus it's, weight. It's age, weight, and height. So if they're under... Like, like, what could be the longest a kid could be in a car seat, would you say? Seven. So, so just imagine you're a trucker, and you take your kid, and the kid's maybe a tiny statured kid, and so he's in this car seat all the time till he's seven going down the road because you're doing it legally if you're doing it legally this is the way it must be if a trucking company will even allow that most of them wouldn't do that well, tessa's going to be six and she's still in a car seat they're booster seats but they're still considered car seats exactly so just imagine if she would if she was in a 
with it going if her daddy, which he's not a trucker, all her all her life. That would be like torture. You know, because you have if you're again, I'll say it. If you're legally going down the road, that means that kid has to be strapped in all the time. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine growing up your first five, six years being in a freaking car seat because your daddy's an over the road trucker? You, you, You need you need to get them a home. And or an apartment and let them home while you're out on the road, dude, or get a local job because no baby belongs in a tractor trailer. Maybe for a trip. Okay, I get that. Oh, a trip here and there. Maybe every now and then daddy takes them out and, and, and it's just for a few days. I get that. Okay, but my gosh, to, to be out there permanently, that's that's torture. Well, they say, well, first of all, the muscles won't grow properly because they're not I being believe. able to use their muscles at all if they're strapped in for most of the day. Second of all, as an infant, when they're sitting in their car seat, their spine's curved. And they said that from parents back in, in like our days when we would leave babies in those little carriers or something to that effect for, for longer periods of time, like, oh, they're taking a nap, I don't want to take them out type of thing. That that actually created issues with their spines, and their spines stayed curved in that form instead of straightening out, and it caused more issues with scoliosis and other spinal issues in their future. Wow! So if if you're if you're not sure of the way your car seat should go, I'll tell you honestly, if it's it, you may have a car seat in your car, and it's actually a danger to your kid. You may right. want to at least check. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, you can go to lo- the local state police barracks and they know the proper way because they'll find you if they see it not the proper way. Oh, yeah. So I would definitely check check YouTube, at least for a, a trooper or somebody that knows what they're doing. Showing you can, you can go to any any place, period, any any yeah. cop place or even an EMT, you know, fire department. Was that number three or four? Um, What's next? What's like the, a gangsta. That's the guy that... Yeah, that's the guy all the way back. Yep. <laughs> the gangster rider. I you mean, know the style with the seat as low and as far back as it'll go. Yeah. I'm almost guilty that sometimes I do push it back, um, but I'm not like gangster because I like to see. But I do. I, I, one thing I will refuse to do because I did read, I was reading an article where they said the proper way to drive, you're supposed to be up where your wrists are over to when you stretch your hands out, your wrists are supposed to go over the steering wheel or something like that. To me, my legs are too bent when I'm in that position, and therefore my legs start getting stiff. So I do like to be back a little further. I don't have to be gangster, but I don't want to be up too close either. Well, it says here, it says, um, it says, you know the style with the seat as low and as far back as it will go with one arm straight out on the steering wheel. You think you look cool. You're just dumb. <laughs> Okay. It says you may get get by going straight ahead, but whenever you turn or have to steer quickly to avoid problems, you don't have full control of the wheel. You have restricted visibility, and it makes you more likely to get into trouble. Here's how to find the right position. Put your wrist on top of the steering wheel, then move your seat forward until you have a slight bend in your elbow while your shoulders touch the seat. Make sure you can push on all the pedals to the floor. Position your hands on the wheel at 9 and 3 which gives you the more control than the 10 and the 2. Adjust the head restraints so that it, it's even with the top of your head. If it, if it won't reach that far, pull it up as it will go. A performance driving instructor told us that when you do sit properly, the car instantly gets smarter. He's right. You steer better. You react better. You drive better. And we prefer smart to dumb every time. You know, the 10 and the 2, and you said the 9 and the 3. Mm-hmm. be honest with you, I'm a 12. Because I am a one-handed steer. I am absolutely not 
ever gonna if I have to control my vehicle, I'm not using two hands. I'm using one hand. I, I really am. That's I grew up using one hand. I don't I'm not a two handed guy. I probably should use two, but uh, that nine and three position doesn't even look right to me. That's side by yeah, exactly what you're doing there. I kinda do both. I kinda float between ten two, nine three, ten two, nine three, and then like you're I'll a, do you drive like I'll do like lady. two and seven. Because I'll put my hand... <laughs> you, have the old, you have the old lady drive. You're just like the little slow driver. Yeah, whatever, right? So, what do you got? Is there anything else you got, Ruthann? That was it, other than my word of the day. Word of the day by Word Genius, guys. Check out Word Genius. We're, we're really not sponsored by Word Genius. We just use them, and we believe in them because Ruthann's getting smarter. I'm not. Ruthann is. But if you go on Word Genius every day, they'll give you at least one word of the day that you've probably never heard of and the definition, and then you can use it in definition. Word Genius. Ruthann, what do you got? Mentation. 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 Yes. M-E-N-T-A-C-I-A-N? No, M-E-N-T-A-T-I-O-N. Mentation. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's the definition of Mentation. Mental activity. Really? Mm-hmm. So we all are we all have mentation. Some of us do. Yeah. Just what about the guy who drives like gangsta? Does he have mentation? <laughs> That's cool. Let's hear it in a sentence. Celine's mentation became muddled when she was sleep deprived. Yeah, that makes sense. You have anything else? Um and uh I'm done. <laughs> You're done. All right, we're out of here. Let's go. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.